This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConforta. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes put him up along with my man Jason LaConforta. Of course, Brian Baldinger, part of this podcast as well. He'll join us on Thursday. And what a week one it was. We have to start as we record this on Tuesday. It is literally the day after, the morning after, we saw a disaster happen in New York with four snaps from Aaron Rodgers and Jason, he goes down. Now, full disclosure, folks, if you go back and listen or watch to any of these podcasts over the last six months, we have talked a lot about the Jets, their offensive line, and to Jason's credit, he said this numerous times, so I got to give you props. You have said on this podcast, in the huddle, subscribe, like us, tell your friends, guys, so you don't miss an episode. You did not think Aaron Rodgers would hold up. Now, we don't wish injury on anybody, right? We love the NFL. We want all these guys to play. No. But, Jason, you said, I don't think he's going to hold up, and I'll be damned, he's already hurt. And it's, it. I feel bad for the guy because I wanted to see how this was going to play out. But to your credit, you didn't feel like this was a, an offensive line that was going to be able to hold up. Well, I, it, this whole thing never made sense to me. And it, it, it just reeked of ownership and a little bit of a cash grab and a little bit of a fantasy football mentality. And that doesn't work in this league. Um, and I think there were too many people who I, I think just got – caught up in sort of what Aaron Rodgers was two or three years ago, um, what Aaron Rodgers might be at his best, and and really didn't put in contingencies, didn't put this together the way it was going to have to be put together to sustain anything. And there were a lot of factors. And and look, if, if, if you do what I do and you're involved in gambling markets – and you have five and six months to play futures bets on certain teams, and you're having all these dis- discussions in various forums, and you have all these people out there uh, pushing for the Jets as a value play to, to make the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, then, I, you know, if I don't think they're a playoff team, even if this guy stays healthy and I don't think he's staying healthy, you know, then, then I, I'm attacking it a different way. And nobody talked about their tackles all summer long. All spring, nobody talked about their tackles. Until that second episode of Hard Knocks where Aaron Rodgers was like, wait a minute, are we going to pass the test here? Like, do we do we have an offensive line? What's going on here, right? Then everybody's like, oh, yeah, oh, who are those guys? Um, he can't move anymore. He, he doesn't want to push the ball downfield anymore. He can't advocate for himself outside of the pocket anymore. And he's becoming a standing target inside the 
the mm. pocket. In other words, you, you can shoot for a spot and know he's going to be pretty close to that spot because he can't defend himself anymore. Then you get involved with, you know, some backs, especially a, a young, I mean, a, a Brees Hall, who's very young. And like, what's pass protection going to look like? And I'm thinking over 18 weeks, the better part of 18 weeks, not one game, but I'm factoring all this in. And then he's going from playing on one of the best surfaces in the league at Lambeau Field, fairly pristine. They got the heaters under the under the field. They can handle it when it's frozen. Like, and he's going to what most people consider to be the worst trap on the field, especially when it is. both teams use it in the same weekend, let alone both teams use it back-to-back days. So I didn't like any of that. None of that passed my smell test. And then the Hackett thing, right? And then is the offensive coordinator going to save him from himself? No. The offensive coordinator works at the behest of the quarterback. The offensive That's coordinator right. is there as the useful idiot, but the quarterback's running the show. <laughs> so, because somebody's got to be the de facto coordinator, right? And somebody's got to talk to the media on Thursdays and take their lumps. So I didn't like any of them. And I was telling people, you know, Aaron Rodgers hasn't hit that touchdown total, um, you know, since Ooh. his MVP year. And he, and he wasn't hitting that total before the MVP year. So you do what you're going to do, but I know how I'm playing that. Aaron, any Aaron Rodgers season total, I was fake. Because this, to me, wasn't built to last. This was slapped together. This was all about the shiny stuff. Him at his best and Garrett Wilson. And there's some shiny stuff there, but football's one from the inside out. And this team still had major issues on the offensive line. And while Dwayne Brown's not practicing, and while Mekhi Becton showing you he's not an effective football player, they did nothing. They restructured the quarterback's deal, right? They sold more tickets. They 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 sold more hot dogs. They 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 shook their ass on on hard knocks. But I don't think this thing was built to last. I don't think this quarterback at this stage of his career himself was built to last unless everything else was perfect. And this on offense to me was far from perfect. And it, it, you know, I think it is nothing short of shameful that these billionaires who make hundreds of millions of dollars each year, hundreds of millions of dollars each year, and who sell their teams for billions more than they bought them for. Like, it's shameful that they won't do a bare sort of minimum, won't, won't do a modicum of, of what I would deem to be necessary things to protect their greatest assets, which are their players, by playing these games on God's green grass and not, you know, the, these these artificial services that are built to save owners money. They're, that's it. That's why that's they it. exist. They exist to save owners money, to make these stadiums as multi-purpose as possible, to make their maintenance as cheap as possible, to make them as usable as possible, to 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 make that them as sort of homogenized as possible so we don't have to deal with individual things the way you would have to with grass like that's it that's the purpose they serve but you you find a player who likes playing on them you find a coach who really thinks it makes sense it doesn't um and again at the meadowlands people have been complaining about it for years robert sala was mentally distraught during that game you could see it on his see how he, he could see his and going down the drain because Jets fans now are thinking the same thing Jets fans thought last year. 
we've got to rely on Zach Wilson to win big games, to win playoff games, and to get us over the hump. And we know he's not capable right now. That's why they brought in Aaron Rodgers. So you watch this game play out. Wilson, 14-21 once he came in. He was not the starter. So understand this, football fans. He didn't get the reps. Aaron was getting the reps during the week. He was the guy preparing for the Bills. He's just in the background, and let's be honest, with his headband on, chilling, and having a good time. And then, as we like to say, shit got real, okay? Once Aaron goes down, all of a sudden now, Zach's like, holy crap, I'm about to go back in here. And I just feel like that moment was like, oh, you know, am I I ready for this? I've been playing backup all offseason. And he comes in and throws for 140 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. But I think the bigger issue moving forward, Jason, is – what you just said, the offensive line isn't changing. Zach's still going to be running for his life. Garrett Wilson is an unbelievable wide receiver. But if you don't have time to get him the ball, it doesn't matter. Even the, the touchdown he caught last night, that was like, you know, one of those throws where I'm just going to put it out there and hope that he makes a play, and yeah. he does. Eric but it wasn't, Eric yeah, yeah. It wasn't, Eric it wasn't, Let's see get. It wasn't a great throw. He's just like, I'm going to put it out there. So the Jets now have the fundamental problem that they had last year. And here's the other thing, and you brought this up. Nathaniel Hackett was allowing Aaron Rodgers to do what Aaron Rodgers does. I'm going to change plays at the line of scrimmage. I'm going to look at these coverages. I'll put guys in position to win. Zach Wilson ain't ready for that. He's not ready for that. That's why he wasn't going to be the starter. So now all of that has to come from the sidelines, and and Nathaniel Hackett has got to run this thing to get guys in position to win when he was counting on Aaron to do all of that, it fundamentally changes everything for the Jets. Understand that offensively. Now they are back in the in, in the, the meeting rooms today going, oh, crap. Okay, how are we going to do this? Because we know Zach wasn't able to do those things. Jason? Yeah, look, they won that game, and kudos to them to, for winning that game. And, and – um Josh Allen gave him that game, and they took it. But like, and by the way, how bad was he? I don't last know if you're going to get four. I don't. Yeah, no, he was garbage. He, all they had to do was run the ball in the second half. They're up by a score with Zach Wilson there, and he's trying to pad his fantasy football stats and pad his MVP <laughs> resume. You know, and, and we talk about guardrails, and like him losing Brian Dable was real. Brian Dable could give him a look, and that kid would snap to attention, and he would refocus, and he would say, "I don't need to play hero ball. I don't." He was playing right. hero ball. There's no other way to put it. The way he ran the ball was silly. He had opportunities where you run for the first down, get out of bounds. The way he took on contact, initiated contact, sought out so contact, sick. and then kept kept picking on the same corner who had his number. Like, it made no throwing into double coverage. Like, the one I don't hold against him, I think it was like third and long, and it was basically a punt, and it put Zach Wilson back in his own four. All right, you want to do that once, fine. But you can't keep doing it the second half of this being a one-score game. Um, they got away from the run game. He got too cute. And the Jets did what they had to do to win with a huge boost from special teams. So are they going to be able to do that every week and look at the gauntlet that they played the first six weeks? No. Now, again, I, this was a game they had no business winning with the backup quarterback coming in, you know, five snaps in. But they but they did. So, again, the defense is legit. Um but yeah, now Nathaniel Hackett's got to go from being, you know, the guy who sat back and just kept Aaron Rodgers happy, right? Just placate him to the guy who's got to be a quarterback whisperer and develop Zach Wilson and turn him into a thing and keep him from turning the ball over 
and and get him to um, play at a higher level with a team that has all these expectations now. So I, I think that's going to be um, a problem. The the I will say this though, Wilson did move, and that the New York True. Jets quarterback in twenty twenty three, the way they built it, had to be able to move, had to feel comfortable spinning away, turning his back to the pass rush at times because it's going to take an athletic move for you to get out of what you were just coached into and try to turn, you know, chicken shit into chicken salad, right? Like, that's that's what's going to be required of you quite a few times every game. And, like, Dallas is going to be a whole other thing. Like, there's oh. that, like, you know, the oh. Bills could do some things defensively, but Von Miller wasn't playing in that game. Everybody was taking a conservative approach to that game. Both teams, like you could kind of see what that was. I mean, Dallas, Michael Parsons is going to smell some blood in the water now. Michael Parsons might be sitting there thinking, I play my cards right today. I come out of this thing with five sacks. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yep, no doubt. Uh, we're going to talk about the Steelers. I mean, T.J. White had three sacks over the weekend. There's no doubt Micah Parsons could come into this week uh, and talk about maybe five sacks. Jason Lockham for Carl Dukes. It's in the huddle. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends, guys, and follow us on YouTube. It's in the huddle pod, and you can check out all of the episodes. Talking a lot about the Jets, and we'll wrap this up, because we know a lot of Jets fans watch this podcast. The numbers tell us such. I want to say this. I feel bad for you. I understand that expectation and that hope that comes along with, oh my God, we just got Aaron Rodgers. And you had every right to feel that way. We didn't know how this thing was going to turn out. But I feel bad for you because if you're a Jets fan, Jason, you look at all the quarterbacks and the history of how blank has happened with them. Guys getting hurt time and time again. And the expectation goes from, hey, we might have a chance to nothing. And for Jets fans today, they are back in the dumpster feeling that way today because of the events that played out last night. And I just want to say, I feel bad for you. We will continue to talk oh, no, about the Jets. Fans, yeah. They are, yeah, there's still a story. I just don't think, and nobody thinks at this point, and even Vegas, the odds have changed to Jason's gambling point. They're not going to get to where we thought they were. But here's what they are going to do, Carl, because of the defense. They're still going to – they already won one, right? They already beat a team that most people think is going to win the division. They're going to mess around and still win eight or nine games or somewhere. I agree. They're not – like, they're, like, they're not going to be as bad as Arizona, right? Like, you can already look and say they're, they're not going to – so, like, the idea that they're just going to be sitting there and one of these three or four quarterbacks at the top of the next year's draft 
they're, no, they're not going to. They're going to have to move heaven and earth. They're going to have to trade assets, future assets, or pieces from that defense to move up and get a quarterback. And timing is everything, right? And instead of them admitting defeat on Zach Wilson, but then embracing a younger thing for the long term, they went in on all in on an old thing that even if they try to bring him back next year, now we're talking about a guy a year older, mm-hmm. right? A year removed from playing who didn't want to get hit anymore anyway, right? So what's that going to look like? That's not going to be much of a stopgap. But they're going to be too good to be picking in the top five and just grab one of these kids. And it's going to take an awful lot to move up and get one of these kids because unlike some other years, the teams picking at the top all want quarterbacks. They're all tanking for quarterbacks. So that dynamic is going to work against the Jets. Yeah, and they've Jason, they gave up all that draft capital to get Rodgers. So, you know, I don't know what that looks like moving forward, but it's not as if they've got a plethora of picks to just hand over and move up in the draft. All right, let's talk about some of the other games as we react, guys. Week one in the NFL, you talked about the Cowboys. Beatdown, 40 to nothing. It starts at the block field goal, and boom, they're off and running. Um, The Cowboys, guys, have won five straight against the Giants, 12 of their last 13 meetings. They own New York. Giants. And this was, I thought, the worst performance for Daniel Jones, who they just paid in the offseason, Jason. They gave him all that money and he looked like hot garbage. You know, the first drive, they're moving the ball pretty well and he's being effective. um, You know, deciding when to take off and run. And then you've got (laughs) the block and then it just... it, it just became a comedy of errors, right? It just, you know, at the moment, Saquon Barkley barely possesses that ball, fumbles it, pops up into the air, and that goes to the house. I mean, at that point, you, you know, the game, that, that, that game was over right then and there. Um, the interesting thing for me was then how did the Giants coaches react? They reacted by keeping the starters out there, and they clearly did not want to get shut out, and they got shut out anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gives me a little pause. Like, A, that after going to the playoffs last year, and I really – I think Brian Dable's awesome. I think he's really smart. But like, you accomplished some stuff last year. You, you paid big money to keep some of those pieces around, and then – you didn't just shut it down. Like you didn't think enough of them, right? And enough of sort of your long-term chances and enough of what you established last year to just say it's not our day. I don't want right. to get people hurt, right? Let's get these people. guys off the field. Yep. In the rain, on that crappy surface that nobody wants to play on, they they kept pushing it and got nothing out of it. So I do wonder if that gets in their head a little bit. And the players are like, why did they put us through that? And the coaches are like, damn. We couldn't do any like we couldn't do anything in the second half, which was basically a preseason game. And maybe we're not as good as we were last year. So it gives me some pause. Um, they they play Arizona this week. I mean, if they don't take care of business there, then we've got major problems. You know. So I'm withholding judgment on the Giants because to your earlier point, Dallas has their number. Dallas really has their number at the Meadowlands. This became a game where everything could have possibly gone against them, game script wise. You know, luck-wise, just probability-wise, it became a black hole. I don't think they're going back to the playoffs, but I don't think they're that bad. And and similarly for Dallas, 
like Dallas to me is a front running team. And when that kind of stuff happens, they can look as good or better than anybody in the league. Right. The yep. problem for Dallas is what happens when it's 17, 16, you know what I mean? With five minutes left to go and you've got the ball at your own 15. And this was not a game where they did anything on offense. They didn't really have to do anything on offense. You know, I, I was going to say they had this huge early lead and they just managed it, which is all what McCarthy really wants to do anyway. It's like not <laughs> to lose, right? He wants to be risk averse. He just wants to win the game as a head coach by any means necessary. He doesn't care what the offense looks like. The old coordinator, Kellen Moore, wanted to win big, yep. wanted to win with style points, and wanted to be able to hang his hat on it because that's how you get a head coaching job. So that's changed dramatically. So I don't know how much we learned about Dallas's offense here. Um, but I, I, I do think, yeah, you give Mike McCarthy an early lead like that and the defense is whipping the other team's offensive line, then I think he's he's going to just lean into that proposition and not ask a whole lot out of Dak and not ask a whole lot about anybody on offense. Um and we saw this Dallas defense shot out of the cannon last year as well. And then by around week 10, you know what I mean? Some 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 things started to regress a little bit. So, yeah. We'll it, it, here's what's funny about this. Uh, and we'll talk to Baldy about this as he uh, will give us a breakdown on Thursday, guys. Carl Dukes, Jason Lock on four. It's in the huddle. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends. Dan Quinn has gone from basically a cover three. Okay. We're not going to give yeah. up big plays to playing yep. a lot more man and blitzing things that traditionally, okay, going back to his Seattle days, he didn't do. He didn't do it in Atlanta. And now he's completely yep. kind of flipped no. on how he approaches these games. And I'll say this to, to your point about the Cowboys offense. Dak Prescott, 13 to 24, 143 yards, zero touchdowns. Dak Prescott proved absolutely nothing to me in a game in which – he didn't have to, but to your point about, hey, we got the ball, two minutes of play. Is he going to be able to go down the yeah. field and make those plays? He didn't do anything in this game. So, Dak, you know, the, the question for me is, as we move through the season, those moments, Jason, you're talking about are going to matter. Um, and this is their biggest blowout, by the way. The last time the Cowboys shut somebody out, or, or their biggest blowout, 38 nothing in 1978. It was the Baltimore Colts. So, this blowout, you know, from that standpoint, historically, the defense is all all geeked up and everybody's excited. I still have my doubts about Dak Prescott, period. Yeah, um, I, I'm with you. I, look, I think the Cowboys are a good team. The Cowboys will beat teams that have less talent than them. That's who they are. That's what they do. If they're asked to punch down, they can punch down and they can punch down with vigor and force and they can embarrass people. Yep. The question is when it's a fair fight from a talent standpoint and a, and a, and a coaching standpoint, and a lot of ways to feel which coach is better, but whatever. Uh, and when they have to punch up, what, what does that bring out in them? In the NFC, I don't know how much punching up there is to be done. Um, you know, the Eagles, the 49ers maybe, like, we'll see. Uh, but this is – but, I mean, for Jerry Jones and the perennial Cowboys hype train, I mean, there's nothing this, – this is the – you know, you, you go on the road in oh, the yeah. division and you emasculate somebody on national television, like <laughs> offense, defense, special teams. I, I mean, how many jerseys yeah. is Jerry going to sell this week? It's it, it'll be, it's oh. amazing. It's, good, it's so good for business. Cowboys are feeling good. All right, guys, let's talk about the other game that I was a little bit shocked at. Give him props, give him credit. Jordan Love showed up 
and played well for the Packers. Packers beat the Bears 38-20. I still, you know, listen, Justin Fields, and we'll get into this here. They, They like Justin. I know this. Ryan Poles, the general manager, they trust him. What they don't have in Chicago is everybody's questioning whether he's going to be the franchise guy. Is just like with the Jets guys, they don't have an offensive line. Justin's going to be running for his life all season. And so you saw a little bit of that. And listen, when you're doing those things, Jason, that affects your decision making. He's got one legit wide receiver in G.J. Moore that they traded for. Yeah. The other guys are like, you know, all right, maybe they're all right, maybe Moody's not. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but you know, I think part of this is, as we talk about this beatdown by the Packers, Jordan Love was very efficient, 123 quarterback rating. Um, Aaron Jones was a beast. But I just – I look at this game and I go, okay, maybe Jordan Love is going to be a lot better than we expected. What did you think? Um – I like the Packers here. I didn't think it would be this big of a beatdown, but I had major. I, I still have major concerns about the Chicago Bears. And my play of the Packers wasn't as much um, a rubber stamping of Jordan Love is legit as it just was. I don't buy Chicago. I don't buy Matt Eberflus as a head coach. I don't buy their personnel on defense. You know, I don't buy that a team that was that broken, a team that allowed over two yards per carry before contact, before anybody on Eberflus's defense got around to touching him, right, on the ground. A team that was that horrible against the pass. Um, a, a team that generated that little pressure that Yannick and Gakwe and, and Edmonds, you know, were going to fix it. And then Gakwe had a great first half, and he can get off. He can't play the run of damn. That's why he's played for a quarter of the teams in the league. So I, I don't – and you're going to play him every down because he's your shiny pass rusher. But – He'll get exposed, and and systematically, Green Bay road graded them on the ground. Uh, this is the part I also don't get. They're going out of their way to tell you how much they're doing for Justin Fields, and and there's all this rhetoric, and and they've got the fan base believing there's going to be this evolution in Justin Fields. So Justin Fields is not running by design, but you've got a horrible defense. You've got an offensive line that has got a much better shot of road grading people, at least trying to in the run game, than pass protecting. And you've now eliminated this kid's best weapon, which is putting him in some RPOs and putting him in more design situations for for him to to use his legs to get himself into better passing situations and to have this evolve naturally. But the idea that we're now going to come out and throw the ball all over the place on you when if they go three and out and the other team's keeping their defense on the field, you're going to quickly get in a position where all you can do is throw the ball because you're going to be behind by two scores. Like, their whole sort of modus operandi about managing a game blows my mind. And when you're looking at halftime and and Fields has, like, you know, six rushes for 34 yards and none of them are really designed, it's just when he has to. I'm thinking, like, I, I, I don't understand who they think they are, who they're trying to be, what they think they have to prove. Um it, it just doesn't add up to me. Um, they need to be a ball control team. You don't have a defense. Like, <laughs> you have nothing to stand on defensively. You know, and I don't know if Deeper Foods is going into meetings and, 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 and you know, talking about how great they're going to be or, you know, how his tired system is somehow going to change things this year. But if I am running that team, I'm like, what, what are we doing here? Like, you know, even even some of the, the best young running quarterbacks in this league, 
You don't tie one arm behind their back, or in this case, one leg. Like, I, I don't understand the idea of, like, he's got to run less. It's it's week one. It's a bad team. It's a divisional game that at least Vegas thinks is a coin flip. Why are we not playing to our strengths? You know what I mean? Why are we trying to change our spots and prove we're something that we're probably never going to get to anyway? But why, why – you know what I mean? Why is week one about let's see if Justin Fields can throw for 300 yards? I I don't know, man. It, it doesn't make sense. Um, I don't buy much of what the Bears sell. And, yeah, Jordan Love – Jordan Love's got the ease into that game. And not a whole lot was asked of Jordan Love. And they started to run the ball down their throats, and then that set up some things in play action. And go look at their biggest plays. Their biggest plays were throws to running backs who then ran through that Swiss cheese defense for major yak yardage. That's how you help a young quarterback. Like Bears, yeah, uh, yeah it's – Justin ran for 59 yards in that game, nine carries. And to your point, a lot of that was scrambling, not designed runs necessarily – uh, Bears have lost 11 straight games overall. And, you know, when Aaron Rodgers was there, you remember he was in the end zone. We all, I own you. The Green Bay Packers. Were, yeah, the Green Bay Packers were 25-5 and five with Rodgers at quarterback. And then you go into Sunday, week one, and then they win again, and everybody's excited about the future of Jordan Love. And, you know, listen, Brian Gutekinds was seen in the tunnel as they were leaving the field, hugging him and high-fiving him and all this stuff. He wants to prove – I'm talking about the general manager of the Packers, guys. He wants to prove everybody wrong, Jason, you know, that, hey, we moved on. Good luck to that guy, but we got a guy that we believe in, and I got my hands tied here the last few years, and I had to do this and that because Aaron had all the power. Whatever. Uh, I am – I am – I'm in between right now and where the Packers are after week one, uh, to your point about Jordan Love, but give him credit, give him props, and, again, the run game was there. The, the Justin Fields thing is something we're going to watch. Luke Getze is the offensive coordinator for the Bears. He is the guy that you go, okay, does he know really what he's doing with this particular situation? I don't know. I don't know. And one other thing on the Packers, like the defense and the special teams got infinitely better in the second half last year, and that's how they saved their season. Not because Aaron Rodgers all of a sudden started doing it. For me, Aaron Rodgers was, depending on how you want to measure it, maybe the at best, the 18th best quarterback in the league last year, I would have probably slotted him more at 2021. So, like, can Jordan Love be better than that? Because that almost got him to the playoffs last year, right? That got him to that basically play-in game against the Lions, and they lost. Game. Quarterback, yeah. quarterback didn't do a whole lot of a lot. Quarterback couldn't really move. Quarterback couldn't make any plays off script outside the pocket. Um, and and so that kept him out of the out of the playoffs. But like. Can this guy? Can Jordan Love be better than last year's Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, he can. Do I think Jordan Love will let it ever get anywhere close to what Aaron Rodgers was at his best? No. But for this year, when he's finally getting a chance to play, you know, Green Bay again in that division, it's probably the Lions and and everybody else. But I don't think that that you know Green Bay couldn't beat the the Lions by any stretch of the imagination as well. So I think we've got to be smart about. About that, like it's not about Jordan Love versus the ghost of Aaron Rodgers three, four years ago. It's about Jordan Love versus what they got out of the quarterback position last year, which was more passes at or behind the line of scrimmage by percentage than any team in the NFL. It's a great point, Jason. Let's talk about the 49ers because this was completely unexpected for me. 30 to 7, Steelers, as Mike Tomlin said, we got kicked in the teeth. Uh, Brock Purdy, two touchdowns, 220. 
Um, Christian McCaffrey is a bad dude, man. Christian McCaffrey Ooh. is a bad dude. I, I had the games on, right, Sunday, and I glimpse over and I see McCaffrey, right, running down the sidelines, and I'm like, you just get him the ball in space, and I know it sounds so simplistic, but he just makes stuff happen. 151 yards rushing um, for him, and the 49ers, you know, they get Bosa back. Bosa had two tackles and a quarterback hit. And, you know, dude didn't even show up for anything this offseason, pretty much. I mean, it's Bosa. But this was an impressive win, and I was impressed with Purdy because just like you are not sold on some of these other quarterbacks, I'm not sold on Purdy. I didn't think he had to deal with any adversity last year. I thought this was – this game played out very similar. Defense is doing their job. Oh, yeah. A couple of quick quick scores, and all of a sudden he's sitting back and chilling. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah. Um. Look, I was way off on this game. I, I thought the Steelers were going to make a statement here uh, and sort of a sign of intent about their evolution, and they took major steps backwards. Now, San Francisco is obviously a really good team. San Francisco's defense was um, probably the NFL's best, or certainly in that conversation last year, mm-hmm. and they came to play in this one. And Kenny Pickett's first three or four drives were god-awful. And by the time they kind of shook off the cobwebs or I don't know, I think it was cobwebs because they played a decent amount in the preseason, but whatever. By the time they, they got their stuff together, it was it was far too late. Um, yeah, look, Christian McCaffrey is, to for my money, the, the most it, – it's he and Trent Williams, right, the left tackle. Like, those guys are as integral in the development of Brock Purdy as anything else they have cooking. And as long as Trent Williams is at left tackle, and as long as Christian McCaffrey is there in that outside zone running game and in Kyle Shanahan's screen game, then you're, the, the quarterback's going to be able to be a game manager and still come out of it looking like um, an elite guy. And and his decision making is on point, and it's it's high efficiency passing. You know, Ayuk uh, had a great game. Um, you know, I I don't. Surprised Patrick Peterson's playing that much for the Steelers. It's kind of always a weird sign, signing to me. I thought it was going to be more about um, like leadership and you know <laughs> locker room being a being a coach on the sidelines. Yeah. yeah, and 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 loving up and coaching up some of their young corners. Then it was going to be you know locked up in some of these matchups. Um, Did you hear you what know, he said, especially, Jason? Especially when they're blitzing. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. So, you know, I I think. No, I was going to say, Patrick Peterson had the audacity to say, hey, I got my hands. I knocked down a couple of balls. He got burned twice. And he was like, I got I got my hands on a couple of balls and I should have had a couple of picks. I I, I don't know if that's going to be a detriment to the Steelers defense. They were picking picking on him. I mean, the reality is they were picking on him and and it worked for them. Um, So, look, it's really early in the year. I I still think Pittsburgh has got a lot of talent. and, and that may end up being their low point. And, and they play the Browns this week, and everybody's going to be crowning the Browns, right, because what they did to the Bengals. And everybody's going to be writing the Steelers off, and I think that's a script that Mike Tomlin can lean into with full force and have his guys ready to show a whole different side of themselves, um, you know, c- come this this coming weekend. Um, or I guess what that's a Monday night game. Uh, but, yeah, look, the 49ers uh, – 
Purdy going on the road week one and doing that, I can't take anything away from it. Uh, when when the game script is set up that way and when um, Christian McCaffrey's one of the two or three best football players on that field, then they can run that offense in, in a way that really protects the quarterback and puts him in positions to succeed. What what I love about the kid is he doesn't throw picks. Like, no, do, he do I, am I sold on him as a franchise guy? No. Do I think he has limitations in pushing the ball down the field? And, and you know, in this era where we're seeing these quarterbacks who look like they're produced right out of a lap, who can run like the wind and throw the ball a million miles and have incredibly loose hips and twitch, you know, quick twitch muscle fibers. Right. And, and they're able, they're able to out maneuver, right. And, and outrun and outthink everybody on the field. Is that Brock Purdy? No, but you know, you can win in different ways. Uh, well, it, and, let, you know, so- and, 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 you know, we'll, we'll see, like, we'll, we'll, we'll see again. Offensive line's got to be airtight and Chris McCaffrey's got to be on the field all the time. You take one or two of those things away, and I think that really levels the playing field. And, and that's when you need that second gear, that, that athleticism, that quarterback as your best player model. And I don't think that's fair to expect Brock Purdy to be that guy. Kyle Shanahan prides himself on quarterbacks not turning it over. Part of the makeup of the offense and the way they run it, to your point about screen game and all the things they do, Quick hitters. It's not West Coast, but it's cl- you know it's a close version of that. And obviously, you know his dad was the you know the king of that. Um, but he has elements in there. And I, I, what I've known about Kyle is he screams at quarterbacks to to throw it away. Don't force the issue. Yeah. And to your point, yeah. Purdy yeah. doesn't do that. Throw it away. I, I'd rather it be second and long than you throw a pick. And you know everywhere he's been, where he's had these quarterbacks, whether it was Robert Griffin, okay, in Washington. When RG3 had his best year, you continue to go. Matt Ryan in Atlanta. He's done these things. He did it with Matt Schaub early in his offensive coordinating career. He does that to quarterbacks, and I think he's got Purdy to buy into that, and that's why we're seeing him be so efficient. This may be who Purdy is, but I also think Shanahan is playing a big part in that. Real quick, TJ Watt, I got to mention this. Jason, this guy had three sacks on Sunday. He's got 80 and a half sacks in 88 games. That is unbelievable. Um, and, and, again, I don't know if he's going to break the 20-sack mark. I, I think he's going to come close this year. Right. But that those numbers, guys, 80 and a half in 88 games is pretty damn good. Um, well, Harrison had and, and the look, sack. Two, 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 yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm just saying, they played the Browns this week, right? Browns lost their all-pro right tackle for the year. Left tackle worse is beat up. I'm not sure if he's playing in this one or not, but he's already beat up. They've got the Ravens a couple weeks after that. They took a center in the first round because they thought he'd be an all-decade type guy, Tyler Linderbaum. He got rolled up on. He's not playing this week. He might not be back when they play the Steelers. Ronnie Mm. Stanley, they're all-world left tackle. They win two of every three games they play with Ronnie Stanley. They're 500 without him. He's got a knee injury on top of the multiple ankle surgeries. He's not going to be playing football for a while. So – you, you know, you start looking at some of Pittsburgh's upcoming games and who's available and who's not. And the other offensive line in the league, in the division, I'm sorry, the Bengals, if Orlando Brown was an upgrade, it wasn't much of an upgrade last week. And I'm not sure that Jonah Williams is with Baldy can speak to this morning. I get 
I'm not sure Jonah Williams. Just because Jonah Williams is better on the right side than the left side doesn't mean Jonah Williams is a good right tackle either. So you start looking at those offensive lines in the division and 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 what the Steelers have with Watt and this kid Herbig coming on and Highsmith and the ability to bring numbers and blitz and bring a Mike of uh, 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 Fitzpatrick from the you know from the second level to help him. He might eat. Okay. He might be eating. All right. He might be. He All might right. be eating. Yeah, he's on the hunt. Hey, while you're talking about the Browns, by the way, we get two Monday night games this next week. Saints-Panthers is the early Monday night game, and then Browns-Steelers, 8-15. So we get that, that double Monday night hit coming up in week two. All right, Jason, last but not least, Browns-Bengals. Um, this was another game, and you just talked about Joe Burrow and that offensive line. Burrow threw for 82 yards, yeah. was taken out in the fourth quarter because – uh, if with five minutes to play, there was no reason to have him in the game, and you just paid him $275 million. Nick Chubb looked apart. Deshaun Watson was okay. He ran for one, threw for one. This was a surprise, though, because I just didn't expect the Bengals to be inept offensively yeah. as they were on Sunday. Yeah, um, Joe Burrow's been a slow starter. Unfortunately for him, he's been dealing with some sort of injury or ailment coming into a season every year almost, right? Coming off of an ACL coming off of having his appendix removed, now coming off of this uh, calf strain that that clearly, I think, was still an issue for him. Um, the offensive line, terrible start, and then everything just kind of snowballed uh, against them. Um, I, I remember I, – I can't remember if we talked about it. I know I talked about it somewhere. It might have been here. I, I looked at this game and said, damn, the Bengals could use P. Ryan. Like P. Ryan, the safety valve, P. Ryan, the, the four-minute back, P. Ryan, the two-minute offense back. Like yeah. in pass protection, in the screen game. Like I think this is going to be a tough ask for this new offensive line in week one. And the quarterback's a little hobbled. Like, man, who's that guy going to be? And, and they do like the kid Evans. They drafted uh, Michigan a few years ago. But I really feel like P. Ryan could have, could have helped them in this game. Um, I think the Bengals will, will be fine. Burrow gets better as the season goes along. You know, it seems like every year they've got to relearn this lesson that we don't, we can't really pass protect. If we go empty a whole lot, especially um, deep in our own territory, we might be courting disaster. And they've got to kind of like learn who they are again. Um, and the Browns, look, if Zadarius Smith can stay healthy and bookend Miles Garrett with what they added to the interior of that defensive line, they're going to be they're going to be keeping games low scoring, and that defense should be able to give them a fighting chance. Um, you know, I, I still don't believe in the quarterback. You know, I think he's going to throw a pick every week. I think he doesn't really want to do too much anymore. Like, I don't think he trusts himself pushing the ball downfield. I don't see him and Amari Cooper developing a connection nearly like Jacoby Brissett and Amari Cooper did a year ago. And if you look at how they sustain drive, they sustain drives when the quarterback ran the ball. The quarterback's yep. legs were his best asset. You know, that and Nick Chubb, that was sort of their offense. So I, I still have I still have questions about the Browns. And again, them getting nicked up in the offensive line is is a big, big problem. That thing's built to where that's gotta be a pretty elite offensive line for me, for them to run the ball and 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 throw the ball the way they want to. Um but that was a manhandling. And and again, we'll we'll see how these teams respond to it uh I, I just don't think we saw close to the best of joe burrow and one thing we have learned about joe burrow is 
Um, he tends to take this stuff pretty personally, right? I remember the first two weeks of last year where, what did he, he they turned the ball over like seven times against the Steelers, right? And he wasn't very good. And then the Cowboys ripped their face off in week two and had like five sacks in the first half. And then, you know, the Bengals figured some things out and who ended up, you know what I mean? And they were, they were a player two away from going to the Super Bowl again. So um, let, let's see how this plays out. I'm, I'm not ready to throw the Brown, uh, uh, throw the Bengals aside, and I'm certainly not ready to crown the Browns yet either, because I, I don't think they, they're not, they're not going to get their money's worth out of this quarterback. Not close to it. I'll put it that way. Deshaun Watson, yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase called them elves, by the way, uh, which kind of sparked the Browns. He, he called them elves, and then after yeah. the game, he was like. Hey, I, you know, it's my fault. We lost to these elves. I, I, and he was upset. It's a funny comment, but it's not funny when you take the L. And so Jamar will have to show up. He didn't do anything either, but obviously Burrow, 82 yards. Um, it will be interesting. Browns, Steelers, Monday night, one of those games we're talking about. So we got a lot to look forward to, guys. Week one in the books, the Aaron Rodgers injury. And we're, we want to end with this. The Jets have a decision to make as to who they may sign. The word on the street, at least right now, as we record this, is potentially Carson Wentz. That's a mistake. He's not a leader, and I don't think he puts you over the top, even though he may be the best ready potential quarterback sitting on the sidelines. People are talking about call Tom Brady. I don't think he's coming out of retirement. But this is the decision that the Jets have to make. And here's the deal, Jason. If they are Super Bowl ready, you better be going after all the guys that you believe can make a difference. Now, Robert Sala today, he's saying they're going to stay with Wilson, but they still need to sign somebody to come in there. People talk about Matt Ryan. I don't think that's happening. This is going to be interesting to watch to see where they go with this signing of their next quarterback with Aaron Rodgers now on the shelf. Yeah, I don't think Matt Ryan wants to go and play behind that offensive line on that surface, right? And like – and look, Flacco was there last year, and Flacco was fairly effective. And I know Flacco's telling people he wants to still play. Like, maybe that makes some sense because he knows the system. Well, well, at least he knew the system. Now I guess it's Aaron Rodgers' system. But uh, he was obviously familiar with those players. I think they need to be leaning more into somebody who can they can play some option football with, right? Somebody who can even help their run game even more as a guy you need to defend in the run game at the quarterback position. And looking yeah. that way, bringing some guy in who was good five or six years ago can't move anymore. You, you, he's gonna he's gonna meet the same fate as Aaron Rodgers. I, I I just think you know you're fooling yourself if you think any of those guys are taking you to the promised land. Your defense is what will take you to the promised land, and your run game. Um, you know, so I, I don't. You know, if if I'm them, maybe if the Commanders fall apart, can I go and get Jacoby Brissett again? Not that he's going to be that running guy. But he's far better to, to help you, you know, in your play action game than some of these these dudes who are basically retired that we just mentioned. Um, you know, I, I think that would be the more sort of prudent thing to sure. do. To be looking at somebody a little different, not some reasonable facsimile of another broken down, a mobile 40-year-old guy. But what do I know? Yeah, it makes no sense. I'm with you. Jason Lock on four. Follow him, guys. I'm Carl Dukes. Jason and I will be back Thursday. Baldy will join us, and we'll talk about uh, Baldy's breakdowns and talk about some of the things that he saw in these games. Look ahead to the weekend. 
Um, and we want you to be here every week, guys. Follow us in the huddle. It's in the huddle pod on YouTube. You can check us out there. Go back, check out all the other episodes as we continue to move forward. But the NFL season is here. Week one's in the books. Jason, week two. And I can't wait to see what happens as we continue to move forward, my man. Thanks so much. As always, everybody have a great day. And we will talk to you guys on Thursday. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 